All right, everybody. Welcome to the St. Louis Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Oldham, along with Matt Hutchinson and P.K. Patrick Kelly. Uh, it looks like that Ryan Castout is on a different Zoom. All right, even though we're not doing using Zoom, but you know, <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I can't I can't speak for Ryan there. You know, but, uh, uh, we may have to hold the mayor Dan Kaz out and see if he. Can but uh, guys, man, it's, uh, it's interesting. There's not a whole lot going on on the pitch. But a ton going on off the pitch. But before we do that, PK, uh, there's a lot going on in CBC soccer, especially with the history <laughs> of CBC soccer. <laughs> history, uh, man. So, PK, on this day 20 years ago, what was going on in CBC soccer? Let's see. I I, uh, I was coming off a, a concussion injury, I believe, 2000. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, man. They, Google doesn't go back that far. Well, it's because PK had a concussion. That's why he doesn't remember what happened. Yeah, exactly. I can't tell you. I was concussed. Uh, all right. He's concussed. All right. So, but uh, uh, to be fair, though, CBC Soccer, to there's a great history. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. All right. All right. So, hey, guys, uh, with, before we really get into the real footy, I just finished the English game on Netflix. It's uh, kind of a cross between Downton Abbey and uh, Classic so it's it's okay. I mean, I enjoyed it, uh, but there's a lot of historical inaccuracies with uh, the Scots coming down. And you would know, yeah, okay, that's right. And so I, you know, I looked it up, and and uh, but it's worth a watch. And, and uh, uh, I would I would just spread it out a little bit, and uh, I don't know if it's a binge watcher, but uh, but I enjoyed it. There's only like six episodes, six or seven episodes. Uh, I've seen a lot of chatter on that. You know, it's been decent. I mean, it's not Tiger King or anything, but it's it's decent. It's decent. Nothing's Tiger King. Oh my gosh! That is a- Nothing will ever be. Tiger <laughs> King. Is that a, it's a total train wreck or what? The, I saw a meme. It was Billy Mays. It said, "If any show on TV had the the catchphrase, but wait, there's more." It was Tiger <laughs> King. Oh, <laughs> we were talking about that with a friend the other night. We were, we were trying to convince to watch the show, and I said. You think you've seen everything, just, and then they get to the end of the episode, and they drop another bomb, and you're like, "Wait, oh. what?" And then all of a sudden, you're like six episodes in, and they're all just just terrible amazing. people doing terrible things. That, it's just yes, that's a great. Speaking of terrible things, people doing terrible things. I'm watching We Are Sunderland right now, and uh, th- those guys. You, you want to talk about a train wreck? Going from the Prem to the Championship, League One, they have their best striker who's banged in like 14 goals by Christmas. And they don't sign him on a permanent, and he goes to France, and and then they don't make it out of League One. I mean, it is, but it's a really, really good season. Uh, if you guys want to see some really, really good footage, Dane Watkins loves it because he hates Sunderland with a passion. But it's it, it's definitely fun <laughs> to watch, man. So uh, I recommend that highly. So uh, is that anything else on Netflix, guys? You want to recommend before we move on to the next segment, PK? My wife and I, we've gone back and we've been watching Shit's Creek. Oh, I heard that's it's, great. It, yeah. It's it's amazing. It, it's hysterical. It's twenty minutes each episode. It's amazing. It's the guy from American Pie. It's the dad and Gene it's Levy. his son. Yeah. are mm-hmm. the writers of the show, and they're actually father son of the show. It, it's just hysterical. It's it's almost online with some of the humor from the office. It's just these quick one liners, and it just keeps hitting. It's really good. good. Deal. good deal. I finished Ozark on Saturday. Oh, dude, um, don't tell me, man. I'm like in episode three right now. Is it good? It. Is it good? Get into it. Yeah, it might be the best season so far. Oh, man. I t- talk about a train wreck. I-, I love watching that train wreck. That's awesome. Ozark is amazing. So, all right, guys, there's our, there's our recommendations. Let's get into the footy now. Uh, and uh, here's just what it comes down to. I, you know, Liverpool wins the league, fine. Leeds gets promoted. I just want to watch football. That's what I want to watch. But uh, right now, there's a chance. I read this article yesterday. The Premier League – and as an ambitious plan to resume the season behind closed doors, like beginning on May, by July 12th. Because if they don't do it, the TV contract is going to ask them for 762 million pounds. Guys, do you see this happen to PK? Let's start with you. Well, in yes and no. Uh, I mean, contract dates and everything else, this is unheard of in modern day times. Yes, the world's gone through plagues before in these situations, but, you know, contract dates and dollar amounts need to be put on the wayside just over public health. 
That being said, with the promotion relegation and the money at stake for there and, and, and everything else with it, the games need to be completed. And how they're done, you know, closed doors or whatever it may be, um, let's do it. And, and But let's do it in a smart way. I mean, if we're keeping the players quarantined for a month and not seeing anyone else, unless you're Grealish out for a party, um, they should be healthy enough. They should be isolated enough to be able to compete in a healthy fashion. But that being said, public health has to be priority. Hey, don't pick my kid Grealish, man. Don't pick on my kid Grealish. But uh, uh, Matt, uh, we I just read something today, though, that the idea of the Premier League starting, regardless of uh, uh, rebating back to TV contracts, is not going to happen. Um, just basically, I mean, Wimbledon's canceled now. Um, uh, Matt's favorite sport, the Formula One, Still hasn't got any racing going up. Uh, Matt, <laughs> I know you're just working over that. Uh, Matt, I mean, you know, based on all things considered, is there any way you can see the Prem finishing their season by July 1 when contracts are You know, I I think they're going to do everything they can. They, they it, European soccer seems to be, especially England, seems to be the one holdout of just you know going. It's we're just not going to be able to to pull this off. Wimbledon getting canceled was was a bit of a surprise for me to see it happen mm-hmm. already. That's such a massive event for for uh, such a massive event for that for that uh, organization and and for the fans and everything. And see it just get canceled is a bit of a shocker. So um, and I think the the biggest driver here is I think PK hit on it's the money. It's just the amount of money from the TV contracts and also from promotional relegation is what's going to drive them to try to do everything they can to try and finish out one way or the other. I think the one thing they're going to have to deal with is I think there's going to be players that are going to hold out. You know, if the, if the virus is dwindled down but still could be a risk of people getting it popping back up again, I think you're going to have players that refuse to play. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got right now you've got wrestling and i know it's not a real sport but this weekend's uh wrestlemania which they pre-taped and apparently there were wrestlers that decided not to come because they didn't want to come in contact mm. with other people so i i think you're going to see that in in you know these legit sports too where if the league tries to start back too soon players are going to like look i'm not putting myself at risk for this so that's going to be the thing they're going to have to contend with and i think if players are going to go on strike or refuse to play, I think that the league's going to end up having to, you know, well, you know uh, Belgium's already canceled their season. It's done. They went ahead and declared a winner. Uh, also, uh, the prem, the EPL uh, said the national league that they've uh, all those, there's three divisions on there. They have just suspended those uh, that league's done. So those three, the non-leagues, the national league, they're done. Um, Bundesliga PK is considering doing ghost games where everything's behind closed doors. Uh, could you see a scenario where, where that would work? Again, and Matt hits it too. Is you know, the, one the players have to want to do it. I, I, I in the situation like this, I don't think you can really force some players to show up to work. You know, um, and, and you forget all the the training sessions, the classroom sessions, everything that goes into a single English Premier League match. Uh, you, you train six days for the seventh day to play the game, and you're in close quarters in, in, in training. You're playing a physical game on soccer. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you're in classrooms um, watching film and going over tactics. And on top of that, you're in the training room getting taped up, getting stretched out or whatever it might be. So there's multiple layers to just playing a soccer game that you know they have to be concerned about. Um, and, you know, this is unprecedented times for professional sports here. I mean, and again, we've, you know, gone through plagues before the Spanish flu and everything else. But, you know, in a situation like this, I, you just you can't be too careful. I, I understand the, the financial need for this, but it, it's personal well-being. And, um, you know, as much as I'm at soccer, let's do this right and not have to restart the clock and, you know, and, and not just think about, you know, the next 11 games or whatever it might be. You know, we've got another season next year, hopefully. And then, and then you know, the Euros and the World Cup after that. So it, it's got to be prudent, practical, and, and for the best for the players. Boy, did you guys see uh, where uh, uh, Messi took a pay cut, Ronaldo took a pay cut? Um, there's there's uh, uh, players all around Europe taking pay cuts, big money guys, and uh, – players taking pay cuts so everybody can t- continue to be paid. One team that didn't do that, guys, did you Boston see Bruins? Our, our boy Daniel Levy? 
He is, he's cutting everybody, furloughing people, but that he's still a fat cat getting paid. I'll tell you, man, you can see why Fergie just like Daniel Levy, didn't you, Matt? Can't you? That's just, that's horrible. You know, and it's not surprising. It's, it's in line with everything we've heard about him in the past. So there, there's probably not a more hated guy in the league than him other than maybe Kroenke. So it's, it's a, it's uh, a what's shame. What's his name? Mike, uh, Mike Ashley uh, up at Newcastle. I'd say he's, he ranks right up there as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, hey, I'm kind of jumping ahead here a little bit, guys, but I just, I, I can't help it. I saw a headline today. Juventus uh, having trouble making payroll. Uh, it looks like that one Cristiano Ronaldo may have to be sold. So Juventus payroll and Ronaldo said, yeah, Manchester United. I would love to come back and play. I don't care if I am 47 years old. I would, uh, I would still be more than happy to play or uh, come Manchester. Uh, so I'm going to throw the question out here, man, just because we, we talk, we're talking about everything now. But uh, okay, if Naldo says I want to come back at age 36, that's how old will be next season? Yes, I'll stop you there. Yes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute, man. We're counterattack. We run and run. We're fast, man. Uh, you're going to tell me you're going to have Ronaldo come back and he's going to come up the works and slow it down? Come on, bud. Oh, he's not going to slow anything down. He's still Ronaldo. He's going to be the most fit player on the field, no matter what. I'm, I'd bring him back in a heartbeat. Matt, would you bring him back? I'd bring him back. I, I think the the deal is, I think you got to do it. It's got to be a short-term deal, and I think you got to hopefully have a heart-to-heart with him, and I think Fergie can do that. You know, Fergie's always been a father figure to him to say, hey, listen, you're going to have to make some way for the young kids, too. We got a, we got a plan here. We got a lot of you know, players that we think are set up, going to set us up for the future. And so you're, you're going to have to make some way for them too. So if, if he can agree to that and, and play a little bit of a bit role, he's um, still a top I'm all five for. player. I mean, he's, what? A bit role? You'd be freaking he is me. bit role. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> he is starting center back midfield and forward. Oh man. I <laughs> We got to figure as uh, the guy's in incredible shape and he, he's, he's, he really hasn't shown, a ton of signs of slowing down. However, it's been a long time since he's been in the Premier League. He is 36. It's going to happen at some point. He's going to slow down. I don't want that to be the cause for you know some of these young kids uh, to not be able to feature and, and grow and develop. So it's it's got to be on the right. right. You know, we're going 4-4-2, we're going four, four, Matt. We're going to put slot on up front. <laughs> we're not off up front. And we're just gonna and, and Giggsy bombing down the wing. I'm telling you, it, be, oh, I'm God. 45. We'll bring him out of retirement. Oh man, we'll, we'll be scoring in, in buckets. Is this nine? Is it? Uh, is this 1998? Have we so. gone back in time? Is, is uh, that Q what we're up doing? Prince, 1999. <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, I don't care, man. I would love to see Ronaldo come back. I think that would be a, a phenomenal story. And and listen, it's not the cool thing about it is, yeah, he can pick his spots. Hey, Rollo, we really don't want you to be this week because we got a chance coming up next week. You know, I mean, that would be kind of the thing you want, uh, the, the way you can pick a spot. So, oh, we got Liverpool in two weeks, man. I want you to be ready for that. You know, something like that. So. And I don't, and I don't think, I don't think the scenario is that out of question happening. I mean, heading into this whole virus thing, the Italian economy oh, has been struggling a bit. It's their attendance in most of those games. You know, Juventus won the exceptions, but mm-hmm. attendance is way down. You know, in the league, they just don't get a ton of people to come out. So, you know, even a strong club like Juventus, this is going to hit them really hard. And so, you're going to look to cut costs. They may have to sell them. This um, may actually football happen. Football there, it's why. So. <laughs> Hey, PK, man, uh, I want to move to Amsterdam. Uh, uh, I know you went up and grabbed a growler. I did this past week as well. Mm-hmm. It was it was just great seeing uh, uh, Amsterdam. It was great seeing uh, uh, Billy. I mean, it's it just it, – you come in, the Amsterdam just has a – I know there wasn't anybody there. But, man, I, I, I just miss it there. I miss it so much. And so, PK, you grabbed a Tank 7 from Boulevard Brewing Company. Um, I, I know that you're – you uh, actually somebody somebody came into your uh, uh, house last night, uh, the growler thief, and drank all your beer. Yeah, but, I, don't, uh, I don't know who did that. I don't know who did that. I know, I know. But uh, give us your take on the Tank Seven from Boulevard Brewing Company. 
Uh, it's one of my favorites. I, so I got a Boulevard story. Imagine that. So this was four or five years ago. I went over for my annual um, Timbers versus Sporting KC game. And my buddy Joe, Joe Butte, who runs Social House in Soulard, got us the hookup on a VIP tour. So we get there and they bring us in this special room. And like the normal tour is like 15 to 20 people. There, this was like eight. And our tour guide was actually a chemist for Boulevard Brewing. And she reminded me of Zoe Deschanel. She was awesome. But she goes, you know, I'm a chemist for the company. I'm going to the Royals game tonight, so we're all going to get hammered. And we got to try all these beers that either didn't make the cut or were coming out in two years or anything like that. It was an absolute blast. Wait, 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 I got to ask some questions here, PK. So did did the chemist have black glasses? Yeah, she had like the rim glasses, dark okay, hair. Cool. Oh, dark hair. Uh, heels? Did she have heels? No heels. She she was oh. going. She, she was literally going, going. Going. She was going to the Royals game after. <laughs> I was going to the Timbers the Sporting KC game. She was going to the Royals game. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, but yeah. so we we kind of got the behind the scenes, you know, places we really weren't supposed to be. Got to drink on the roof. Um, but basically, <laughs> by the end of the tour, we're twelve bars or twelve uh, twelve beers deep. Some of them were like eight and a half, like Tank Seven from Boulevard. It was the first time I've had it, and uh, it was such a cool tour. But yeah, I got a, a growler at Tank Seven, and it, it disappeared last night while I was watching Jamie Cullen concerts. Happens. That's great stuff. Guys, uh, I, I tried the uh, Urban Chestnut Stand Usual Six Beer. Um, it's an American Lager, but man, it is a smooth, smooth taste. Uh, and uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, it's. Uh, uh, after a while, told me what thirty-nine cases for a rollout, and uh, no rollouts happening. So they were happy to sell some of those. But that one they got a call for as well, and uh, that's what got me. Thank you very much. Yeah, I haven't had the same usual yet. I'm gonna have to try that. Definitely try that. So anyway, uh, the, next trip. Uh, yeah, definitely, and I want to do that. Uh, they've been open pretty much uh, twelve to six, and uh, with. And I think somebody else comes in like from six to nine. And so uh, make sure you go out and support the Amsterdam as you can. Uh, that's going to be our home for a long, long time. And let's just support them in this tough time. So, hey, uh, we're going to talk a lot about a, a lot of about a lot of stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, possible departures. We're talking about uh, no, you didn't. We got some more <laughs> questions. I like that. We got a Facebook poll from Daniel Ty. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the boys down under threes, under 18s. And then uh, we'll be talking about uh, uh, Manchester United's all thousand Premier League goals. That's something from Ben Brown. To start with, though, in our next section, Matt, why don't you talk, uh, lead us through this? Questions from the audience, and we'll we'll talk. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. So one of the cool features we got now we switch over anchors. We can take questions from listeners. So put a put a feeler out there to get some questions so we got three in and so the first one you guys are going to hear is from anthony gilbert all the way from new zealand Mike. so with all of the turmoil and stuff in the lineup and talks of letting lingard and different people walk away um who is the one guy that we have let go previously that you guys would like to see come back uh me personally, not sure how well he'd fit in the team. I'd love to see Adnan Janosai come back. I tell you what, I tell you who I'd probably take back uh, Memphis the pie. I take Memphis. I would, man. Now I know he's coming off an injury, but man, he is just tearing it up uh, for Lyon, uh, uh, playing great. Um, and the other guy I would seriously consider taking back as a situational player is Falcao. I love Falcao, man. He was just hurt. But now, man, you know, he, he's, he's a great situation player, good goal scorer. So those be my two. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> Bring him back. No, I, love I, agree. It. I I would li- I like to see the payback. He, he's, he's a more mature player. He came over at a, at a strange age and adopted the number seven, couldn't handle the pressure, but he's matured as a player. I'd like to see what he could do with the group of young talent that we have. Mm-hmm. Matt, what do you say? Um, you know, it's for me, it's kind of a down to a couple guys and it's guys that left about the same time. The first one is, um, you guys are all going to laugh at me and think I'm crazy, but Fellaini, all gonna laugh at you. you know, I, 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 I think we could use them a lot when the, 
Well, yeah, he did. Did he? yeah I, thought, I thought he was. He was in wow. isolation. Well, if 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 he would have been back here, right. it wouldn't have been right. a problem. Oh, you you said I, Fellini. You you dogged Fellini the entire time. <laughs> he was, he was, he was, he was, I mean, my God, I'd say something about Fellini, and you'd be like, oh, that guy sucks. I mean, man, you were like, me about that. And you tell me you want Fellini back. All right, man, tell me why, Matt. No, I think it, there's when when the midfield was in shambles. I think he actually could have come in and done a good job. I don't, I don't think we would have had him try to be more of an aggressive offensive player. I think he would have just been able to, um, you know, stop things going on in the midfield. And I think it could have helped out when we had some uncertainty going on. The other guys and and, the, and probably more um, of the guy I'd want to bring back would be Herrera. Um, you know, I, I look at Fred and Fred's really started to come on as of late towards the end before the season put it on pause. But I think in those those eight weeks that would have been critical when Fred was really, not, you know, not playing very well. I think Carrera would have been there. And at the very least, he would have been a stable player. He may not have been going out and and, you know, scoring goals and, and you know, being the guy on the field. But he would have played a solid game and we would have seen a whole lot fewer mistakes and it could potentially gotten us some more points and. We would have been in a top four position instead of trying to fight to get to fifth. Hmm. So uh, it, Herrera would have been the big one, but I think Fellini would have been big right, help. Right. What's our next question, Matt? Yeah, our next question is from Jeff Petrillo. Hey, guys. We all know we're the world's biggest club. Everything our players do is put under their microscope and criticized. Is there any concern now with Jack Grealish with what he's done the past few days, knowing he's on our transfer radar? Just wanted to get your thoughts. No, I, he's still a great player. Um, it's magnified because the media has nothing else to talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd still love to see him wearing the badge and walking out at Old Trafford. Yeah, agreed, Ben. Uh, I, I I got a major man crush on Jack Grealish. Uh, yeah, bring that dude back. Yeah, that he, he's a baller, and so no, I like him a bunch. And uh, so what? I mean, he, he was a kid. He went party. He's apologized for it. Let's move on. Matt, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I think there's a chance it could hurt him. I think what United's going to have to do is I think as they – this is one of the times where paying attention to what social media says about something is probably going to matter. So I think once the season picks back up or the transfer season opens up and uh, and now there's an opportunity to buy him, you know, the, the headlines are going to pick back up. I think the team's going to monitor and see what the fans are saying. And if the fans are overwhelmingly saying they don't want him around because they don't think he – was respectful of because he broke the quarantine, then I think you, you got to consider not bringing him in. So, you know, if Michael Vick can make his way back in the, in the NFL and be fine, I think anybody can make their way back in. But I think they're going to have to just see what the initial reaction is. Once, yeah, if this, uh, if this the is the worst thing up. a professional footballer has ever done, let's be serious. I, is that a, is that a Ryan Cassa? He finally got off the Zoom call. All right, Ryan, so glad to have you, buddy. How you fellas doing? Hey, man. Uh, I guess, like 8.30, was, 9 o'clock, whatever I feel like. Yeah. 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 This uh, USC-Texas game going on ESPN, the classic. <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, I'll let you know who wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Matt, what's our third question, Bob? Yeah, our third question is from Kevin Cheek. Recently, Maddich has been quoted saying that he feels that McTominay has what it takes to become the next United legend. Although I don't disagree, I believe Juan Basaka has probably more of the traits that it takes to become the next legend. So my question to you guys is, who will be the next legend between those two, Scotty McTominay or Aaron Juan Basaka? I would hope it would be Scott McTominay. I mean, it's kind of premature now, but homebred and everything like that. So he's definitely got what it takes. This was really his year to take it to the next step. I thought he needed maybe another year behind Matich, but uh, the injury definitely put him behind. But I could see him in two or three years being an absolute legend. What do you say, PK? Uh, McTominay, I, I think AWB is phenomenal as he's been this year. That that position is very tough to be that good for a longer spell. Uh, defensive mid, you're not covering as much ground. You're not as exposed. You can kind of hide some games. Um, you know, just longevity in the position. I see McTominay being the guy. And I think he's just got he got the 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 right man, mindset to be that guy. 
I love AWB. He's going to be a stud, but I mean, you know, it's Roy Keane versus Nani. Let's be serious here. Um, that wing back position, it just it, it wears on you. You slow down. You, you don't get the tackles you used to. But McTominay, I think, is going to be the real deal, and I think he's going to be a man new legend. I just, I think it's AWB. Why I do is uh, I wonder as the team gets better, how does the formation change? Do you still play four to back, two in front? Uh, that's that's McTominay's kind of that's what he does, and uh, I I just think that we get bit better and stronger that McTominay may have to be like the one in front of those four. And I just don't think that he's going to get the opportunities, whereas AWB is already showing that he's a offensive player. He's doing better and better. And we already know that he's one of the best defensive uh, wingbacks in uh, world football today. So uh, I think AWB, man, I think I, I like him a bunch. So, all right, man. Uh, those are all good questions. Kevin, Jeff, uh, Anthony. Thank you so much for uh, bringing those in. Uh, let's go to the next section now. All right. Uh, last week we talked about possible transfers in, and we know that the transfer is just nuts right now. We don't know if anybody's coming in, anybody's going out. But Matt, Alexis Sanchez is going to shock you. But uh, Ender said, you know what? We just don't want to sign him on a permanent. Um, Ole uh, said, hey, man, bring him back. We'll make him a footballer. What say you? Where does Sanchez go? Do we just eat it and have him play next year? What are your thoughts, Matt? I, I personally, and I think realistically, I just don't think you bring him back. And I think the club's going to do everything they can to try to unload the guy. And it's going to be tough. It's it's a big contract to, to try and pay. And so it, it's going to be difficult. I think Ollie said what he said is, you know, those words is because I think that's just Ollie's mentality is he's going to be positive and he knows there's a chance that he's going to be stuck with him. And so I think he wants uh, Sanchez feels like he's got a home to come back to and he's got a manager who's going to support him. And so I think that's why Ollie said it, but I don't think for a moment Ollie actually believes what he said. You just look at the the guys that we've got come up through that play that position. You know, he he's at the bottom of the rung right now with the way he's played, you know, here and, where he's played or inner. So I just, I don't see it happening. There's a chance we're going to be stuck with them and he's just going to have to find a, a spot on the bench and maybe bring him in MLS. late. Well, he's just going to have to try MLS. to stroke the MLS. ego. Okay. Guys, I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> uh, Beckham's going to say, hey, come on over, Sanchez. Enter my end. I can see Beckham do it, but he doesn't have the North American following. There, there's no one really in America that's in love with Sanchez at all. Mm, uh, true, that's true. Plus, he's not going anywhere right now, guys. He's uh, not leaving Chile because he's quarantined. So, uh, sure. yeah. Hey, uh, 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 Ryan, do you think Max Hollings is going to come back from Roma on a permanent deal, or do you think he's just going to stay there? You think Roma's going to pony up the money? No, I think Rome's going to pony up whatever type of money. I can't imagine it being in excess of ten or fifteen million. He's done an absolutely phenomenal job over there. He's settled things in the back. Roma had or a pretty good season if they're going to continue to play or not. But yeah, he's done a phenomenal job over there. Um, as I was saying on the last pod, I'm still a huge fan of him. I'd love to see him back. Even people think I'm crazy, but um, no, I think we'll stay over there and we'll get a little bit bang for our buck with him. All right. Hey, uh, PK, uh, Phil Jones. Boy, I know this. Uh, Sean Tracy's going to hate us talking about this. I'm just going <laughs> to uh, Newcastle's interested. Newcastle said if United gives Newcastle $15 million and Phil Jones, they'll take him. And uh, that, that's, that's what I understand. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 that's the math of it. Wait, wait, I got it backwards. Uh, we, Newcastle gives us $15 million. And then we get them Bill Jones. So, I'm not so uh, sure about that. You get so sure about that? Okay. So, so, but well, do you see that actually happening, PK? I, I think Phil Jones will be shipped out here soon. Um, you know, he, he's done a good service to the club. We're, we're just past to where he is right now. Um, Newcastle might not be a terrible spot for him. I think he matches the speed of DeAndre Yedling on the wing. So we'll see how that goes. Jeez. <laughs> oh. oh, <geez>. <laughs> I will say this, though. I don't know how that's going to happen. Newcastle has like 12 defenders. I mean, they just. So they got. Yeah, they got defenders all over the, up and down the roster. And they need a leader and someone that's indestructible. Uh, any club makes way for Phil Jones. They'll get rid of those. Let's be defenders. serious. Always <laughs> any club. 
He has the power to score. He's indestructible. And then nobody had to figure out how to end that chance. Yeah, you know, <laughs> figure it out. So, right. so I know. I know. That's and why that, I love it. And that's speaking of all, it's so awesome. Um, there, there are three possible destinations, maybe for Lingard. Um, they're talking about Leicester City. Uh, inner signs all ex United players and all former Premier League players. And don't laugh, Atletico Madrid, possibly. You know, uh, let's see how good his. Uh, you know, really is uh, getting his client to the new club. What do you, what do you think about Jesse Lingard? Is, is, is he just done you know, right now? I don't. I don't think he's done. I think there's a he's done at United, but I I, I don't think his career is done. I think he'll he could still end up playing for you know a bigger club in Europe. Um, of the three you mentioned, I think Leicester would probably be the best fit. You know, they they play that counterattacking style, and Jesse's got speed for days, and so you know maybe him being able to get a ball that gets boosted up the field, and he gets a hold of it and gets a quick shot off, and. You know, we see a lot of goals get scored uh, from Leicester that way. The other two destinations, I don't think they're a good fit. I think the, you know, the Serie A and with the um, with the uh, league with uh, with Spanish league, I think it's far too technical. And Jesse, just to me, just does not show a whole lot of technical ability. I think it's a lot of athleticism um, and capitalizing on on those sort of counterplays. So, I think if he's going to go anywhere of the three, it's going to be Leicester where he'd have the best France, chance. I think I mean, go to Marseille, uh, go to you know, one of those. Uh, I mean, well, yeah. I, well, look at, look at you know, we talked about before mm-hmm. the show started, look at Memphis to pay. You know, look how good he's doing there. That's a guy we thought, you know, didn't have the skill to uh, to compete in the Premier League, and he's banging in goals there. So maybe Jesse sure. would find the same sure. success. Ryan, uh, Dean Henderson, uh, right now they're talking about calling him up. To the England England national team, uh, having a great season at Sheffield United, uh, doing keeping on loan loan at Sheffield. Uh, I mean, right now we have one of the better goalkeepers in the world, and we have maybe the best backup goalkeeper in the world. But Dean Henderson is potentially going to be England's starting keeper uh, on you know, for the national team. What do you think about that, Ryan? Do we just let him keep playing United? I think you do for one more season, but that's a hell of a problem for us to have. I mean, we arguably have the best one and two punch in the world. That's for sure. I mean, of course, De Gea, has he had the best of seasons in the last two or one and a half? Uh, No, he hasn't, but we still have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But um, it it also comes to call. God forbid any one of those guys got hurt or anything like that. You could still call a guy on Bull Neal, whatever you want. But it's it's great for our future. United's always had – probably the greatest history of goalkeepers, I think, out of any club in the entire world, arguably in the past 20 years. Yeah. So um, hopefully in the next two years, once De Gea is, you know, he's not getting any younger. You know, a lot of the old guys from uh, Sir Alex Ferguson area. So um, good to have him. Yeah, great problem to have. PK, I'm your father. <laughs> PK. <laughs> hey, PK, so uh, uh, I'm just Pierre. Uh, and we had such high expectations for him. By the way, he's still a really, really good player. But it seems like we just keep stepping over him right now. We're going to talk about kids who are uh, under uh, the two of Mickey Butt, you know, in the developmental squads. Uh, is it just time for him to move on? Do you think that he still has a place and can fight for his place at United? Do we want him out and see if he can mature? What are your thoughts on him? Because I think he's done. I I think he's played well. To 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 be a little contrary on that, he he's played. A, he's been a role midfielder. He's had a job. Um, he's been sufficient. Has he has he done anything more than that? No. Has he done anything less? He he's been sufficient. Um, with our lack of depth as a club, and especially in the midfield position, I don't think you ship him off or loan him anywhere um, until we get you know three or four more guys in that can can fill in behind him. But I. You know, is he the best midfielder out there for Manchester United? No, but has he been sufficient? Yeah, he's done okay. Okay, all right. Matt, I'm going to let you chime in on this one. What do you think? Yeah, I don't really have anything else to 
I wanted to be a player. I, that was that, that was your best. Just being honest. To the podcast ever. Like, yeah, ah, I, got I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. No, I should loan him out. That's what I, that's what I'm hoping for. All right, boys. This is the uh, the, the sec- section of the show that you guys have all been waiting for. No, you didn't. All right, we're gonna be asking questions no one wants to hear, and so we're gonna start off. Right, right. Gareth Bale, his ponytail is longer than his career. Is he ready to return to the Prince? <laughs> Should we sign him? Ponytail longer well, than his career. <laughs> Did he cut his hair? Aren't all the guys cutting their hair now? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Man. Everybody's shaving their heads. So there's no, there's no barber. <laughs> You've seen Paul Pogba, Marcia. Ronaldo's got a little action. Gareth Bale. I know, man. Gareth Bale, if you guys remember that uh, Apple game, remember that Colt back in 97. Think of him with his head shaved. He just belonged right in there with those guys. Anyway, absolute yo-yo. All right, well, Gareth Bale, I think we talked about this last year, and I have the same exact response. I mean, the guy would give you a hell of a 10 to 15 matches and probably turn everyone on their head, but then he's hurt for the rest. I think that's been the story of his life at Real for most part. Real, the crowd itself has never accepted him for whatever reason, even though he's, they've won a match upon match. But I think Spanish. now he's getting to the age. I'm he sorry. He speak Spanish. He didn't even pretend well, to learn how to speak Spanish. He said, Screw you, man. I'm Welsh. You know, that's it. So I, that's part of the reason why they don't like him. Well, you know, if Ronaldo never learned how to speak English, I still think he'd be okay. It's just, you know, I'm just banging in goals. But besides <laughs> that, I get it. But um, I think if – I mean, he could come in, but I really think the team he'd go to is, is Tottenham. I couldn't see him really playing anywhere else. And there's no way I'd spend any more than $30 million for the guy. I mean, yes, he was fantastic, but he's getting older too. And um, the position they'd be playing in, I think we have enough of. So, hard pass. Yeah. We want to play Jaden Sancho at that position. And we got Daniel James. And then if Ronaldo comes back, there just won't be enough room for him. Ronaldo is And Ibrahimovic. And, and Ibra, that's right, yeah. And so, come back and then Nani, he's going to be leaving the uh, MLS as well and come on back to us. And so, he's yeah. still playing. Come on, he's still playing. Yeah, still I think playing. He is. He was in the he's in the he's in the MLS All Star game every year. You know, yeah, yeah. I know. PK was in the All Star <laughs> game back in 2006. <laughs> I do have a polo. I have an All Star polo from the Timbers. Speaking of which, PK, so you guys saw that? Did you get that video I sent you? Uh, and you guys might have seen this, uh, listeners on the web, of uh, this this goal. You know, there's a penalty kick, and the dude hits the crossbar, and the, and the goal was running, and like flips back into the net. All right. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I, yeah. I never won. I was terrible at PKs, which is totally ironic. Yeah. And I never celebrated a save. I was like, I want that to look like my job. I do it all the time. All right. All right. So, yeah, but I, I think it's the funniest thing. And so, uh, so I said the, the video and I said, uh, Patrick Kelly technique and, and man, PK ripped me. He's like, no way, man. I wouldn't celebrate a save. So no, never celebrated a save. PK, will Manchester United ever have a tactical director of football? God, no, no not Woodward, not with Woodward in charge. He's got too big of an ego. He thinks he can do it all. Um, as long as he's in charge, we won't. I don't think we will. There's a, what's that guy's name? Judge. And there's another guy that's kind of calling shots now as well. And so they've kind of got an ad hoc committee right now that's um, made these decisions. But I'm disappointed. No director of football. I agree with you. So uh, here's one for you, Matt. No, Fred should start ahead of Scott McTominay. (laughs) (laughs) Is McTominay still injured? I'm saying, who cares? I'm telling you, Fred's the best player on the team. Why would you laugh? Yeah, I mean, form form can be temporary, so that's what we're gonna go with for Fred. I yeah, I think the role you need McTominay to play in is that holding midfield, the guy who can go box to box. I think you know, you look at him. I'd like to see him become like the next Michael Carrick. So wow, that's just the mold for him, and it's not gonna be the the role for uh, true the role for Fred whatsoever. So I think Fred's on me now. People forget two. though, real quick, that Fred was brought in to create. That's what he did. He was never, ever meant to play the role he's playing now, which is I don't know what the hell is. 
Just a point. I'm telling you, yeah. I mean, he still hasn't scored a goal. No, he did score a goal, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, in Europa. He Europa, he broke out, but he doesn't he's have an assist. More of like a, nor does he have a goal in the He's been playing more of like a ball winner. Yeah. He's going the ball. And he does. He, he, he can win the ball. He does it well. One touch out of trouble, and then they go. What else does he that, do? That's it. That's all he does. He's a poor man. But the thing concerns me the, – the, Thing concerns me about that is he just doesn't mm-hmm. have the size. He's got the speed. He doesn't have the size. I, th- you know I, mean? I think he's quick enough to to be in the right spot, but I, he's not big enough to to physically win a battle. He's he's there because he's smart. Yeah, McTominay. Right. Where I think cool. McTominay, he's got that. He's 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 quick. He's not super fast, but he's quick enough. Yeah, man, that's why Fred looks good. I think that. Uh, you know, Oh, look who we're yeah. playing. When you put Fred in Europa or you put him in the FA Cup early rounds, man, he's a beast. You know, and so I, I think that's where you got to go. All right. Uh, PK, save the best for last. Uh, uh, no, you didn't. Uh, this is really no, you didn't. I the story. Uh, why did Eric Shaw always play with an upturned collar for Manchester United? And more than anything, and we, we, I was watching those goal highlights uh, that Ben Brown sent. And or I guess that you guys, this was always top ten goals, and half the time Eric Cantona was playing like a deep holding mid, and he's hitting like he's fifty yard passes, you know, right on, right on the touch. But I mean, he's staying so straight up, and the collar standing so straight up. It's just an iconic image. I love that. So, BK, why did Eric Cantona always play with an upper? See, Rhett, you're a teacher, and you know the students that don't do their homework and are totally terrified when you ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> I gave, I'm gave you the, I gave you the same I'm article, you idiot. Skimming, I'm skimming it right now. And I, don't I gave you the article, you idiot. That's why I tell my students, I'm like, I gave you the information, you idiots. Why didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I just I was hoping you weren't going to call me in class. <laughs> I failed. That is so funny. Guys, I'm sorry I missed the starting of the show. Did PK give us a this date? In history, CBC score. He did not. He did not. Because oh, he was out of season. No. He was concussed. Red tried. Score. He was concussed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was he, concussed. He played the concussion. Either concussion or broken thumb. I don't remember. But <laughs> he was CBC soccer is a fall sport, so they wouldn't be anything to do anyway. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. That's true. That's so true. did anyone do their homework? Who's Who's got the answer to this? Well, some type of superstition he had. That's all I can all right. recall. Well, they also say he had a twins of sciatica. So he decided to wear the collar up, possibly to remind him of the importance of, of standing up straight. All right. And so. That, 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 oh, that, you know what? You said twins of sciatica. <laughs> I, I just saw it in the article. Right oh, there. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm reading that. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. And so It's sad that after feeling a twinge of sciatica, he decided to wear a collar up, possibly to remind him of the importance of a famous posture. All right. Hmm. Now, some also said that he wore his hmm. collar up because of cold winds of England, and he liked to keep the wind off his neck. All right. So that, that hmm. whatever it is, man, it is maybe the most iconic looking uh, player in the history of football. I mean, seeing him with you know strutting around, you know, like the cock of the walk with his collar turned up. Oh man. You know who also popped his collar? Who's that? Me. Oh no! Oh. I started. I started one game in college. It was a spring game against UMKC, and I had a yeah. And I, PK was the only guy. I wore a field guy. player jersey. I had a collar, and I popped it. And a guy on my team's like, "Are you seriously going to pop your collar?" I'm like, "Dude, it's the only game I'm going to start my career." So yes, hundred <laughs> percent. This is awesome. God. <laughs> That's okay, man. One of my favorite players of all time, Eric Cantona, the king. The king. All right. And, and Ryan, best chant in the history of the Premier League as well. Right. Uh, That's a hell of a one. We'll drink, we'll drink, we'll drink. Great one. That and the 12 days of Cantona. Oh, That's right. Okay. All right, guys. What's your opinion on this? This is a poll that was put on the St. Louis Red Army website by Daniel Ty. That said, after one year on the job, all things considered, what letter grade are you giving Ole Gunnar Skolchar? And that does not include his game-winning goal in 1999. So you can't you can't add that. All that would be an A plus automatically. But no matter what he did as the gaffer. But uh, I want to chime in on this. Um, uh, all um, the Red Army podcast. It was, it's one of those ones in England that I look at all the time. That they. they 
they talked about the same thing uh, because Ole's been on the job for one year. So, Matt, great amount, great amount. ABC, what do you get, Ole? All right. I'm going to give him B minus. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I think right now, I think an A would be if you were, you know, definitely in Champions League spot. We were going to be, you know, potentially making a run at the title. Um, I, I, you know, right now we're sniffing Champions League. We're definitely still in contention for it. If the season kicks back on, you know, I think he's had a lot of injuries. I think he's been having to deal with a um, guy in, in Woodward who has been trying to do things that he's not capable of. Um, I think he's been he's got two previous managers who didn't really set him up for success. And I think he's been doing a decent job. And I think we've started to see what he can accomplish when he gets the right players involved in the team. I think Bruno's helped things turn around. And I think uh, Ollie's been able to capitalize on that. So uh, do I do I think he should be doing a bit better? I think there's you know, there's some room that he could have been you know, had the team perform better, but I think we're in a decent spot right now. And if things were to end right now uh, for the season, right. I think we're set up hey, for a decent year next year. Out, Ole, what do you say? I think a B is fair. Um, you know, first in top four and a might be in there. Uh, he, he was dealt a, a bad deck of cards and the players that we've signed since um, have been playing really well. Um, you know, we're starting to be competitive again. And, and the first time in, in a long time, we're actually kind of looking forward to next season. Uh, when was the last time that we, we felt that way of a Manchester United team where, you know, like, man, next year, yeah, it's legit. So I think a B is a fair grade for good old Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, my only Solskjaer. All right. All right. Uh, Alan Shearer. No, I can't go there. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right, Ryan. Ryan, what do you say? What, what's your grade on Ole? I'm going to say a C plus. Um, when we lost to Burnley back in January, I was almost wanting the man out. So I was fed up, sick of it. Everybody uses the word inherent, dealt a bad deck of cards. Nobody put a gun in the guy's head and told him to take the job he knew it was going to be about. And the only reason I say that is because – I think we have a better squad than Leicester. Brennan Rodgers is doing a better job squeezing the talent out. And I think we're a hell of a lot better than Chelsea. And I don't even want to say the guy's name who coaches him, and he's squeezing the talent out better. So I think he still has some work to do with the tactics. I think his his lack of knowledge in that area has cost us some points this season. But I do hope this is a turnaround. But we've said this how many times since the man's taken over? Yet to be seen. So I'd love um, – it really does suck capital to happen because we're definitely getting on a run. But, I mean, we still have not been consistent since the man has taken over for a two-month period of time. So, Boys, I, I give him a B-plus, and the reason why is the old adage, sometimes it's the X's and O's, and sometimes it's the Jake's and Joe's. And uh, when uh, old players, he's won. When he hasn't had players, not so much. Bruno has changed the dynamic of the uh, of the squad. I feel like uh, I feel like that if a uh, healthy Marcus Rashford, a healthy Paul Pogba, and you put Jaden Sancho and Jack Grealish in there, that all of a sudden we're rocking and rolling, boys, and we're uh, we're contending for titles. <laughs> and uh, I think Ole will be able to get the tactics right. Uh, he's went three in the back sometimes. He's went uh, he's changed formations on people and uh, caught them by surprise. Uh, hey man, we uh, we swept Manchester City this year, um, and I mean that small feat uh, took a point away from Liverpool. It's no small feat. It, the problem is taking down those things that aren't real strong in the prem. And I think we'll get there. So, all right, man. I thought that was really interesting. By the way, uh, the poll: twenty-one votes for B, seven votes for C, two votes for A, one vote for F. Although Daniel, that guy, went back and changed his vote. And there were no D grades. So, anyway, uh, the majority of people said, all right. Hey, guys, I want, um, you know, I'm looking, you know, how we keep promoting. And, you know, we're trying to uh, keep hold of, of uh, Chong uh, and then we're, uh, and Gomes trying to keep hold of those guys because we think they have a great future. But there are some other players down uh, under the uh, Nicky Butt tutelage that are ready to break out in the Prem. And uh, the first one, uh, Matt, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you know that there is a Neville on the youth. I, I read that. I read it. uh, it's 
Michael Neville's son. I did not know that. And, and, you know, the youth side of things is something I wish I'd spent more time on. Um, but, you know, he's obviously going to have a good pedigree. It makes me feel old to know that, you know, one of the Neville sons is actually of age, potentially be starting with the team. So it'd be fun to see him come up. And if he's got anything like his dad and his uncle's mentality, he's going to be able to handle right, the big game right. pressure. The guy I'm like really excited about, uh, Ryan, is Hannibal Med- Medjbury. All right. It is, man. But I'm telling you what, and that dude can look at him. He's, yeah, he got crazy hair too, man. I'm telling you. Uh, but we signed him from Monaco for like seven million. I mean, we went in and spent the money on the youth, which we're trying, we're starting to figure out. Sign those players when they're young, and you know, then you could you can save a lot of money later on. This guy is banging in goals. He's creating. He is a player, Ryan. Uh, and uh, what, what do you think? Do you think he'd have a chance to play first team football next year? Don't don't everybody say everything at once here, Matt. You know, Ryan, what do you think? Ryan? Do we lose him? I think Matt, what do you think? You think Hannibal breaking the lineup next year, get some games? I I still think we got a lot of young guys that, you know, are still trying to find their way in. So I think a lot of these names that, you know, we're, we're discussing are going to have a hard time trying to get in. So obviously there's FA Cup games and, and League Cup games that you can try and get them in. But you got Mason Greenwood and you've got Chong and you've got, you know, Gomes. You got all these other guys that I think you got to focus on trying to give them the time first before you bring these other guys through. And, you know, maybe two to three years, that's when we start to see these guys that we're investing in now start to be able to PK, get inside. But I, I think really it's starting for them right now. Chelsea, where we start out players a season and so they get first team football somewhere else well don't ever compare us to chelsea please dear god never do that uh, it is and I, think, I think clubs are starting to reinvest in their youth programs and youth players because they're tired of spending 120 90 100 million on on, on players when they can grow them themselves mm-hmm. uh yeah, I, I think just financially, that's a more practical way to go. Um, but yeah, that's how I, I see it coming up. I mean, you see more and more teams do that now. But we have such a logjam of youth, you know, looking to play in these positions, which, you know, competition makes everyone better. You know, if it's going to make Matamine work harder for his spot, he's going to be a better player. Um, you know, if it's going to make Rashford work harder for his spot, it's going to make him a better player. So, I, you know, do I want to see these guys go out alone? You know, a couple of them, yeah, but I want them to stay within the club and, and get what Manchester United is. So, I will never be Chelsea. <laughs> well, and nor do I want it to be. Uh, Justin Nelson on the Army said that Ethan Galbraith, uh, like a, a easy guy to look for in the future, uh, and he won FIFA. He just dominates FIFA. Yeah, FIFA. Well, you know, FIFA's. You know, I'm just saying. Not much. Thirty-six year old rookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Pop Sorry, De Gea. Pop <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, De Gea. <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, so our last segment here, guys, and, and I just want to talk about some of the down the farm. I think that, that we have some players to help us out for first team football, and it's creating a great culture. Uh, Manchester United has finally decided, hey, we just can't go out and sign the next shiny bright thing and win a title. We got we got to develop, we got to grow, and uh, so I like the direction we're in overall. But Ben Brown, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, yeah, I, and I say that in all sincerity, by the way. Um, it, he uh, sent something out and said. They have all 2,000 Manchester United League goals. Hours of pure viewing. And And Saturday. (laughs) Ben Brown specifically said the David May area, David May era was his favorite. So (laughs) I thought it was funny. Uh, Boys, (laughs) when you think about all time great Premier League goals, what stands out? Uh, can you think of a particular goal? And there are some of them that are just iconic. You know, the, the Wayne Bernie overhead bicycle kick. 
um, uh, when you had uh, Juan Mata, uh, you know, do, do at Liverpool, which was an iconic goal. What do you guys think about great Manchester United goals? What do you think of? What, what, what do you think of, guys? Ryan, what do you think about? It's going to be one that probably nobody would ever think about. It did win us a game, but if somebody remembers Anai Yenizai, mm-hmm. um, we signed him. He was young. He was absolutely incredible. He, he had did. the number 11 on. Dortmund, Giggs. didn't he go? Yeah, so yeah, he, he went to Dortmund. He went to Sunderland. He went elsewhere, but he's he's still playing, but pretty much done now. And it's a really a sad deal. But like I said, even Ryan Giggs tied this guy. But I believe the goal was either 2013-2014, we were drawn 1-1, and this was against Sutherland. This is when Manchester United used to always freaking win, especially against lesser opponents. What the hell is going on here? This kid steps in and just hits an absolute one-touch bomb for about 30 yards out. And that was kind of like, yes, this is going to be our guy. He's wearing the number 11. He could be the next Ryan Giggs. He was young. He was hungry and unfortunately just didn't go his way. But that one will always stick out in my memory. Okay. All right. PK, goal goals stand out. Uh, it's going to be the the game winner in the Champions League final in 1999. Uh, uh, so uh, that's uh, not a Premier League goal. That's <laughs> not a Premier League goal, PK. I, I don't care. I'm counting it. Uh, so as I would talk about Ronaldo's free kick against Porto <laughs> or Lisbon. I'm that's, sorry, that's, Sporting that's Lisbon. That's not a Premier League goal either. <laughs> well, I might, but hell, I would have talked about that. Uh, no, PK, but that that goal. So again, going back to high school. So my high school got out at 1:30 every day. On Wednesdays, on Wednesdays, that every day. And baseball was canceled because of rain. And I was watching the Champions League final and we scored to tie it. And I was like, I'm going to go make a soda and come back and watch overtime. And I came back and they were celebrating. I'm like, how long is this celebration? And I saw the score. I was like, oh my God, we're going to win the Champions League. Um, that, that I'll, I'll always remember just that moment of grabbing a soda, walking back in and going, oh my God. So, um, I don't care EPL, whatever. That that's my Manchester United goal. Just 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 that whole moment, that whole five minutes of my life. Just oh my god, just the perfect situation of having baseball rained out and everything else. That's it. All right. What do you think, uh, Matt? Favorite goals of all time? Jerk. <laughs> Premier League. One of my favorites, and and. <laughs> One one of my one of my favorites from the Premier League, and it wasn't necessarily one that really meant anything to the league or to a title or anything like that. It was just one of my favorite moments was we were playing Liverpool and Berbatov, I believe, had a hat trick. The game, I think we end up winning four nothing. It was one of those ones where we just absolutely smashed him, and he had this he had this bicycle kick that was just absolutely gorgeous, and he just had one of those games where he just kind of waltzed around and was scoring pretty goals and it was that Berbatov that we fell in love with. Um just the way he Best carried himself on the field. So that was that's by I've far one of my favorites. And for yes. me Absolutely. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Yeah, he, he 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 had glue on his shoes. It was unreal. The favorite goal of all time in terms of you know you going back and watching the classics mm-hmm. would have to be Captain Oz's <laughs> first goal after coming back from the suspension and he, he just that, that that cheeky and I you know I'm, I'm using that word and exactly what you're talking about the way he just, stood there. just yeah. puts it over the goalie and, and it's like what do you expect and then, and then he just stands there and turns around and he's <laughs> looking around yeah he's like I'm back bitches and you know just it was such a great moment and and the celebration was equally as good as the goal that doesn't always happen so. Just one of those moments where it's like, God, you just you see that highlight and you just instantly well, fall in love uh, with the guy. So one of my goals, you guys will know favorites. exactly what I talk about, is Robin Van Percy when Rooney uh, passes it. Oh, it's about 30, 40 yards. And Van Percy just catches it on the volley and just smashes it. Oh, yeah. The net. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, Van Percy was just so fluid, so great to watch. And that's one of, that's one of my favorites uh, as well. And then – uh, when you go back and look at the highlights, uh, w- one of my favorites of all time is actually David Beckham's goal right when he came back from the 98 World Cup when he was vilified. And the first mm-hmm. came back at the Old Trafford, and Old Trafford is just putting their arms around him collectively, you know, saying, Bex, you're our guy, and he bangs home and ends the game winner. 
uh, on a free kick. It's, those are two of my favorite goals. Of time. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, those, those are very, very special moments, I think. And, and so, now, now, of course, I didn't include any uh, Fellini goals because those always rank above those. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they always counted them. <laughs> That's right, baby, I tell you what. For whatever reason. Hey, but uh, could, could anybody catch a pass with his chest better no. than Feline? Greatest chest I'm in telling, the world. Yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who had a better chest than he did? I'm, I'm dead serious. I've, I've, I've got some answers. Paul Bo, would, Paul Bo would put a dart out there and he'd just rest right on his chest. Just stick there for a second. <laughs> That's what oh, I'm saying. You, you, you saw that chest hair. His chest underneath that jersey. It's, oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's like wearing a sweater. It's, Actually, it's, you know. I just hope, uh, it's like a, it's ab- like a big ab- sweater. It just absorbs he, the ball. He, he's like Flash. He's uh, you know, a 6'3", 6'8", you know. So <laughs> I love that movie. That's a great movie, isn't it? That's so great. Yeah. So, all right, boys. I, I'm here. Sounds of Manchester on Stone Roses, letting us know that we're at the end of the show. I'm your host, Red Oldham, along with the rest of the crew. Patrick Kelly, Ryan Gazada, Matt Hutchinson. We'll be back next week with another installment of the St. Louis Red Army podcast. We'll break down all things Manchester United. I hope we have good news. I hope the Prem's staying around, guys. But uh, it's just been a great, great time talking to guys this week and came next week. So, all right, boys. See you next week. This is...